A new report has been released explaining what went wrong in August that caused the blackouts across California. A so-called heat storm caused Californians to crank up the AC, pushing the electric grid to its limit. These blackouts were the first in nearly 20 years and is a portentous sign of the way the grid may not be ready to face California's climate future. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Rob Nikoleski, you cover energy for the San Diego Union-Tribune, and you've been following this story since the blackouts happened in mid-August. Explain what was the series of events that occurred that caused this report to be commissioned. Well, there was these two rolling blackouts that came on back-to-back days back in mid-August. The first one on August 14th, <clears throat> excuse me, affected about almost 500,000 Californians uh, across the state. The blackouts didn't last a whole long time, anywhere between 15 minutes to two and a half hours statewide. Uh, and it uh, uh, it didn't affect every single uh, California customer. That's up to the um, various utilities once the grid operator tells them, hey, we've got a problem here and we're running, running the risk of having not enough supply to meet demand. So that happened on August 14th. That was the longer of the two. Then the following day, 321 customer, through, I'm sorry, 321,000 customers across the state uh, lost power from anywhere between uh, eight to 90 minutes. Uh, in here in the San Diego area, to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, FDG&E customers on that first day of the blackouts on August 14th, they lost power. Um, it affected about 58,000 uh, uh, FDG&E customers. So that's what happened. And after all that happened, the governor, Gavin Newsom, was quite upset and told that the big three agencies that are responsible for California Energy, which is the California Independent System Operator, which is called CAISO for short, they basically manage the grid. Also the California Energy Commission and the California Public Utilities Commission. The Public Utilities Commission is important because they basically procure uh, and they set, uh, uh, they set the, uh, the standards for utilities on what kind of energy they can procure to make sure that, they can, that their customers have enough energy to get by the day. So anyway, the governor was ticked off. He told those three agencies, I want a preliminary report um, by the end of September, beginning of October. And that came out just the other day. And there's going to be another one. Uh, there's going to be a final report that's going to come uh, by the end of this year. But this was really, it was a 121-page report. And so it, it gave a little bit, a lot more detail uh, into explaining what exactly happened um, back in mid-August. And were there any surprises in here or things that we didn't know before this report was released? Yeah, the, the one surprise was, and it caught a number of people by surprise, it said that there were some problems with the day ahead energy markets um, that exacerbated this issue back in mid-August. And the report was a little bit opaque about that. It said that various load serving entities, I mean, a load serving entity is basically a private company or a utility that's, that supplies uh, energy or, or uh, energy sources. They said that those load serving ener- uh, uh, entities ended up accidentally under scheduling the amount of 
of, uh, of, sor of energy sources that were needed. But it didn't really go into great amount of detail. And I talked to a couple of energy people yesterday, and they were scratching their heads about this as well. And the report itself didn't go into a whole lot of specifics as to, well, who were these load-serving entities that may be underscheduled, and how many megawatts are we talking about? Uh, so th that brought that was a bit of a surprise, and that brought a few more questions. And hopefully, I guess maybe by um, we have that final report in December, we can go into a little bit more detail. But it was obvious that in mid-August that during those two blackouts, and also the following days when we almost had more blackouts, that California needed every spare megawatt in its arsenal, and the fact that. Maybe the energy markets didn't work the way they should have and sent wrong signals to utilities on what they needed to procure. That's that's definitely a problem that needs to be addressed. Because like I said, California needs every single megawatt they can get now because things have changed so much on the energy grid. Mm -hmm. And do we expect uh, what happened in this report to be politically damaging to Newsom? Because when we spoke uh, several months ago, you mentioned uh, former Governor Gray Davis, who was recalled following the blackouts in, I believe, 2001? Yes, that was in 2000 and 2001. Those blackouts were different than these blackouts. Those were basically caused by market manipulation. There's no evidence there's been any market manipulation in these recent uh, blackouts. But yes, anytime, um, anywhere, in any state, if uh, customers lose power and have to go through rolling blackouts, that is political poison for whomever uh, the buck stops. And I think that's, as we said earlier in this broadcast, that uh, the governor was ticked off. And I think that's a big reason why. Hmm. Makes sense. And you also mentioned the issue about the day ahead trading. Can you explain what that is and... Uh kind of the series of events that occurred on the 14th and 15th of August? Well, the those energy market problems, as we mentioned, they're still not quite in the in the report. They didn't quite go into a whole lot of detail other than saying that the um, load serving entities underscheduled their demand for energy by about 3,400 megawatts on August 14th and 15th. Now, to give you an idea of what those numbers mean and put them in some, more, some sort of perspective. Um, the, uh, the California independent system operator ended up needing about 4,000 megawatts to avoid those two rolling blackouts. So 3,400 is a pretty big number. Um, it's about, I'd say maybe 8% of the total megawattage that, um, that is needed on a, a typical summer day. So yeah, so that's so that's something big that that needs to be looked at. The other thing that needs to be looked at here is also, and 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 this stuff is complicated, and it's my job uh, many times to try to explain things in everyday language. Uh, another issue that California has is, and a, a number of readers in the past couple of months when I've written about this have brought up a very good point. They say, okay. These rolling blackouts that we had, and the ones we almost had on Labor Day weekend, and the ones we almost had a couple of days after this in mid-August, they happen around 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. Well, that's not the hottest part of the day, you know, because demand on the energy system really ramps up, so to speak, 
when people are cranking up their air conditioners. Well, it's not, even with the incredible heat wave that we had in mid-August, it's not as hot at seven as it is at, let's say, four o'clock. And that's a very good question. And that brings up a larger issue, and I hope I'm not getting too far into the weeds. But this is one of the technical issues that makes this whole thing um, so important. And that's because the reason why we had the rolling blackouts at seven, and we almost had other ones right around that same time in, in subsequent days, is because, yes, the peak, energy peak, is going to be around four o'clock. But, and this is what's really important, California has plenty of solar, and they use a lot of solar and other variable sources of, uh, of, of, of energy. Um, that is very abundant during the day, as long as the sun is out. But solar, as you can guess, solar energy is produced when the sun is out. But when the sun goes down, solar energy quickly ramps down from tons of megawatts to virtually zero, especially and then zero at night, you know, uh, when it gets very dark. So the problem for grid operators is that the peak demand has passed, but there's still a lot of demand on the system at five o'clock six o'clock seven o'clock because when it's really really hot during that heat wave people still haven't turned down their air conditioners and so the ramp down from solar comes and the grid operator has to be able to find um, uh, a source of energy to replace that ramp down solar at the same time this is important it's not like you can store this stuff up and oh i'm going to use this you know in a couple hours no the way electric electric grid works is you need to match the exact amount of what is demanded with the exact amount of supply as it happens. And so hopefully that, like I said, hopefully that's not too far into the weeds and I hope I explained that well, but that's, that's really the crux of the issue here in California is because we have a lot of solar, it's a variable uh, source and you need to be able to replace that energy when it comes down so rapidly. Yeah, with that in mind, like let's say there's another massive heat wave in like two or three weeks in Santa Ana conditions. Uh, we're past, uh, you know, the equinox, so the days get shorter. Would this mean that, you know, California is at more risk for blackouts at this time of year if those conditions would all come together? I don't know if it would be at more risk, and that's a very good question, Daniel. And I asked that of a uh, spokeswoman for the uh, independent system operator yesterday. Uh, and I And she said that, October is not as hot as September, but as a lot of people here in Southern California know, and I, I've lived here for four and a half years, and when I first moved here, I was surprised because September and October many times are just as hot, if not more so, than July and August. Um, so they say that in the shoulder season, we're a little bit vulnerable, we're not completely out of the woods, but we're not as vulnerable as we were in August and September. That's a short answer. Mm -hmm. And certainly like Northern California feels fall a little bit differently than we do. So I guess that does make things a little easier for the entire state. Yeah. And the other thing too, to keep in mind is California imports about 25% of its energy needs. And so even if it's still really warm in Southern California, it's not going to be as hot in places like Oregon and Washington or Northern Nevada. And they'll be able to conceivably import um, energy sources to California as needed. Mm -hmm. So after these series of events, 
Is there any changes to the grid that are being planned or will be implemented in the short term? Because when it comes to climate change, you know, this is an early sign that the infrastructure we have now may not be up to snuff when it comes to needing more energy across the board. Are we at a point of actually planning for this? Yes. Um, the the uh, California Public Utilities Commission is going to um, keep a close eye on the fact that starting next summer, we as a state are expecting to get about 2,100 more megawatts of clean energy storage. That usually comes from battery storage. Uh, and so that'll help things. There's also about another 300 megawatts of solar and wind resources that are gonna come online, brand new ones uh, next year as well. Um, but I mean, and this is, this is part of, and I hope that people, when they read the story, keep all these things in mind. There's a lot of balls that are being juggled here. Um, another caution sign, another flashing yellow light, is that in 2024, we in the state are going to lose 2,400 megawatts of power from the Diablo Canyon nuclear facility, which will no longer be operating starting in 2024. It's going to be completely shut down by 2025. So, yes, we're adding just in 2021, about 2,400 megawatts uh, of power. But in a couple more years, we're going to have to keep building on that because we're going to lose 2,400 megawatts from Diablo Canyon starting in 2024. And also, the governor has instituted um, this um, this executive order in which we'll have – he wants to have uh, every new car sold, I believe, in – 20, 20, 2035. 20, 2035, every new car sold in California will be an EV, which is great, but you're going to have that means you're going to have more demand on the electric system. So we're going to start the short answer is we're going to start adding a lot more megawatts of clean energy sources. And on top of that, in 2045, California's goal is to derive all of its energy from non fossil fuel sources. So this, this is a challenge, and um, it's not something that I, I think will be easily accomplished. I think it can be accomplished, theoretically, but it's, it's going to take a lot of, of construction, it's going to take a lot of determination, and it's going to take a lot of creative thinking. Yeah, certainly. You hear from uh, Governor Gavin Newsom that uh, California is several years ahead of the rest of the U.S. when it comes to climate change. And you see it with uh, the massive fires that are breaking records in these heat waves. So, you know, there's so many pressures to actually change the system so we can mitigate some of the damages that we're expecting in the future. Yeah, yeah. And also um, there's another prong on the the wildfire thing is uh, better forest management, which is something that the governor has acknowledged as well. And so hopefully that'll drop things down. And it's interesting how all this stuff is tied together because when you get a lot of forest fires, that creates a lot of cloud cover and that affects solar production. So all these things are kind of intertwined. Hmm. And as we're expecting that report later in the year, are there any questions that you hope get answered in that forthcoming report? Yeah, I would like to get a little bit more clarity on this question about how the energy markets did not perform as they were supposed to. Now, the the CAISO, the independent system operator, said that they noticed this problem on the 16th, I believe, uh, and were able to fix it by the 17th and get the energy markets back into the right kind of sending the right kind of signals. But 
I like to, I, I think it's really important to get a little bit more detail about what exactly happened with the energy markets. Again, there was no indication so far that I've seen that there was any kind of market manipulation like we saw during the Enron thing in 2000 and 2001. But it'd be nice to get a little more details about what happened with the energy markets and what we can do to fix that. Uh, so, um, as I said, there are all these different steps and all these different prongs that all need to be working together correctly. And if one isn't, um, one is not working correctly, that makes us a little bit more on the edge than we already are. Mm-hmm. All right, Rob Nikoleski. Thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix. As voting begins in San Diego County, follow the Union Tribune for all the news about local races. If you're curious about a specific issue and want to read more, check out our elections dashboard. You'll find it midway down our homepage and featured prominently on our app. Until next time.